Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. It says this in Isaiah chapter 2. It says, The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it came to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. All the nations shall flow to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Throughout the history of the nations of the world, there have been many twists and turns. There have been many unexpected victories and losses, great upsets and disappointments. Great nations of the past are nothing but ruins today, and new nations have been formed that weren't even a thought in the mind of those in the past. In today's message, Pastor James teaches about a kingdom coming to earth that will be unstoppable, a kingdom that will be under one king for a thousand years, and that king is Jesus. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Revelation chapter 20. As Pastor James begins his message, the millennial reign. We need bread for the broken, give some bread to the broken. We need hope for the hopeless, give some hope to the hopeless, hopeless. Bread for the broken, broken. We're going to go into the millennial reign of Christ and what that looks like. So... Revelation chapter 20. We're going to go over this, kind of reference some scriptures. I might jump around a little bit and all that good stuff, but I wanted to kind of just plant within our brains something to look forward to. Isn't that nice? Don't we need that today? Just something to look forward to. Some peace would be good. Something that our world is desperately craving and that the only place it really is going to happen in the realm of the way people want it to happen is going to be in this thousand-year reign of Christ, okay? It's just not possible. If it's left up to us, it's impossible for humanity to come up with a, a perfect utopian society. It is not possible, okay? There have been people who have tried and theorized all these certain things. Karl Marx had his own ideas. If we just eliminate, you know, these, you know, different structures and all that stuff, it's not going to work. Not going to work. If we can get rid of the caste system, that's, nope, not going to work. In all of the world's history, and more specifically the recorded world's history, there's only been like 200 and some odd days of peace in this world's history. So you can say 3,000 plus years, that's still not a lot. Okay, so over like 90% of the time spent on this planet, people have been at war with each other. So we crave peace. We want peace. Perfect peace is going to happen, and it's through the Prince of Peace, that's Jesus, when he comes back, okay? So we can hold on today because we're headed for a better tomorrow, all right? So we hold fast today because we know what's going to come. So that's what we're going to look at, this millennial reign, the thousand-year reign of Christ, what that looks like for us as believers today. Your participation somewhat within that, because I can't give you too many specifics because I just don't know, all right? I just don't know. I'm not even going to pretend to know. I can recommend books for you to read concerning it, and I can promise you that even those experts don't exactly know, okay? So there's somewhat of a mystery with this thousand-year reign of Christ. We do know as saints, because if you're a Christian, regardless of your behavior, you're a saint, 
okay? And regardless of what so-and-so may have called you, you're still a saint, okay? So you may not feel like it, you may not always act like it, but we know from all the way back in Revelation chapter 1, we were given the heads up uh, that he was going to make us priest, and we were going to get to reign with him. And there's so many other references, we can cover those, but just so we're aware, his plan for you and I when we get to this point, is that you will rule and reign with Jesus. And again, well, what does that look like? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'd be like deputy sheriffs, kind of, right? Like maybe like kind of like that, okay? I don't know. He's just kind of patrolling around because it's going to be knuckleheads. All right, we'll get into that too. I mean, there's still going to be sin happening on this world and all that good stuff. But Revelation chapter 20, verse 1, it says, This is John saying, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. In case you were confused. Okay. That's who it is. Who is the bad guy? The devil. All right. He's the bad guy. Says, and he bound him for a thousand years. This is some normal, normal angel. Okay. Normal angel, not elite angel. Not special forces angel, not Michael, Gabriel, whoever else. This is just Bob, the angel, okay? This is Bob. This is Bob's moment to shine, okay? He gets to go and chain up Satan. Isn't that encouraging for you and I today? A normal angel can bind Satan. Just a normal one, okay? It doesn't take an army of angels. It doesn't even take Jesus. Jesus is like, hey, go get him. Go get him. Chains them up, throws them into the bottomless pit. And it says there, he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, the devil and Satan, all those names, bound them for a thousand years. Verse three, he cast them into the bottomless pit and shut them up and put a seal on them so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Okay, so this is the thousand year reign. Verses four through six, we'll jump into that a little bit. But just so we understand, You got a rapture that's already happened. You got tribulation, that's seven years of just chaos on this planet. The earth itself has gone through like tremendous topographical type of rearrangement. Okay, we'll say that because mountains are no more. The sea is a wreck and all this good stuff. So you're going to have this great like renovation project going on. Okay, so the thousand years, the earth is going to be reconstructed, maybe set back up to how it was originally set up back in Genesis. That's a common thought. Okay, so you got a thousand years that's happening. We'll get into some different viewpoints and all that, but I'm just kind of laying the picture for us, laying the foundation. So during this thousand years, verse four through six says this, it says, I saw the thrones, they that sat on them and judgment was committed to them. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness. That's the martyrs to Jesus and for the word of God. This is the martyrs from the tribulation time who had not worshiped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Okay. So there's the church saints, and there's the saints that make it through the tribulation, living and reigning with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who takes part in the first resurrection. 
over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. There's repetition there so that we understand that this is important, okay? This is important. So before we dig into some of these different kind of thoughts and viewpoints on the millennial reign and then digging into the Old Testament, because the Old Testament actually has a lot to say about the kingdom of Jesus and the kingdom of Christ, the rule of Christ and all that good stuff. But the primary stuff that we need to address is this. You've made it through, you and I, hopefully you're following Jesus. He's your Lord and Savior. You're going to be taken out of this place. The tribulation is going to happen. When Jesus comes back, we already saw that from Revelation chapter 19. Jesus shows up on his white horse. We're riding with him. Essentially, that's when you're going to have Matthew chapter 25 fulfilled, where he judges the nations and all this good stuff, okay? So, but we're coming back, and then this thousand years is going to be just a time of maybe just restoration within the actual planet itself. There's a lot of different thoughts on this. I personally believe in the actual literal thousand year reign. I know that there's some individuals out there who would say, you know, a lot of the numbers and figures throughout Revelation are kind of like, you know, Symbolic. All the numbers seem to be more symbolic than anything. So some people believe that the thousand years is not a literal, it's more of a symbolic type thing. I believe it's a literal thousand year reign of Christ, okay? We believe, I would assume that you're kind of along the same lines as this, is a premillennial kind of thing, all right? So what that means is that Jesus comes back and then the millennial reign happens. There's two different views that take place. One's not that popular anymore. I'll start with that one. That's the post-millennial view, okay? That's the one that gained a lot of popularity in the um, 19th century, early 20th century. That's the viewpoint that the church is going to make the world right, and then Jesus is going to show up, okay? Well, that was a popular view because we were gaining in advancements with medical advancements and things like that. So things that couldn't have been cured were now getting cured and all this stuff because in the millennial kingdom, I mean, all this stuff is done away with. Sickness and all that stuff. Like there's no reports of any sickness or anything like that. You know, things are cured. So we were gaining all these advancements in the medical field and all that stuff. And so people were thinking like, it's going to be this post-millennial thing. The church is going to get this world right, and then Jesus is going to show up, and then World War I happens. Then World War II happens. And then the realization dawns on everybody that we're not making anything better. The Great Depression happens. You know, and so a lot of this is, it's not really Western thought either. This post-millennial view, and there's all-millennialism as well, these kind of developed you know, almost 200 years after the birth of the church. So you got this post-millennial view. That's not really a popular one anymore because we understand anything that we put our hands on, we just kind of make it worse as human beings. I mean, just look outside our doors nowadays. It's like there's cities within our country that are on fire because we feel like that's the way to make it right. Well, it's not. It's not. So we understand things are getting worse, okay, so the post-millennial view is just, there's no substance to that at all. There's the all-millennial view, which is kind of this spiritual reign of Christ that's happening right now. And this is uh, the millennial reign of Christ is happening right now. And I would say, I disagree. <laughs> I strongly disagree. If that's the case, then why are we as Christians getting messed with? 
by spiritual forces. Why? It feels like to me that I can't speak to this personally because I don't think that Satan is really, him personally is messing with me, but I believe he's roaming around like a lion seeking whom he may devour actively on this planet now. Now, because if the millennial reign is now, then he should be locked up. He should be locked up. If the millennial reign is now, then how do you account for a soon-to-be antichrist and false prophet? Because if the millennial reign is now, then are those guys in the lake of fire right now? And if that's the case, when did they show up and when did we miss them? Logically, sometimes these things just don't make a lot of sense. That was a common thought that was brought about like around 190 AD, okay? All your apostles and all your early church fathers believed in a pre-millennial reign of Jesus. It was settled. And anybody who came up with these other ideas that, well, no, no, this is the millennial reign now, were considered to be basically heretics. So what we believe, and I would say we as a church, you read through the Bible, to me, it seems like there's just no other way around it. Jesus is going to come back. He's going to establish his kingdom for a thousand years on this planet. You and I, to some form or fashion, will rule and reign with him for a thousand years. Okay, so let's get into kind of uh, what the millennial is going to kind of look like, okay? Because there will be people repopulating this planet, all right? So we understand that. Let's look at Israel's involvement, because this is one of the key things for the millennial reign. Israel is, as uh, David Gutzik would say, it's going to become the superpower of the nation. Like Israel is going to be the hub. It's going to be the center point. There will come a, a new Jerusalem. There's a new heavens, new earth. There's going to be a new Jerusalem, all this good stuff. But I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 2, okay? Fascinating little scripture here. I'm going to start in verse 1. It says this in Isaiah chapter 2. It says, The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, now it came to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. All the nations shall flow to it. Many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse four, it says, he shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Okay? So I'll just stop right there. This is what will be happening in the millennial reign. Okay? Because what we know right now, you don't even have to go too far, but you can pull up your phone and you can see that nations are coming against Israel, even more so. Even more so today than what it seems like ever before. Like nations are continually seeming to rise up against Israel. Now, some other nations are developing peace treaties with and all that. That's cool. But nobody's beating their swords into plowshares. Nobody's transforming their weapons into farming equipment. Okay? What's cool about this is if you go to the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem, this is the verse that they have over the archway when you're leaving it. This is what they're hoping for. This is their hope, is that one day this peace 
will take place on this planet. But man, everybody will turn their weapons into, you know, farming equipment, so to speak. Individuals will be going up to Jerusalem, they'll sit and they'll learn from the Lord and all this cool stuff. That's one thing that'll be happening concerning Israel during this thousand year reign. It'll be peace for this nation that has not had many instances of peace during its existence. The world itself has known, you know, only 10% of our world history has been peaceful times, probably even less so for Israel, okay? So during this time period, Jerusalem will be the capital, basically, of the government of the Messiah. It will be a theocratic reign, meaning Jesus will be the king. You won't need to worry about any elections. You won't need to worry about registering to vote. You don't have to do any of that because Jesus is going to be the king and he's going to be the man in charge forever, forever. The best president ever. It will be Jesus, okay? And he will establish, his throne will be there in Israel. So you got this perfect administration. You got righteousness that's happening on the planet. The citizens of the earth, though, concerning these guys, Revelation chapter 19 talks about Jesus ruling with like a rod of iron and and all this stuff. Why? thousand years. Satan's not here. It's peace. What could possibly go wrong? Well, there will be people born during the millennium because you have people that survived the tribulation and the earth will get repopulated. I mean, so just envision this. You have a thousand years where the structure of the earth has changed. Okay. So thought process here is if it is going back to a Genesis chapter one type of world, that was a perfect environment, perfect environment where things lived much longer. People lived much longer. In fact, I was listening to Skip Heitzig talk about this very thing today. And he referenced the fact that if a person dies during the millennial reign of Christ at a hundred years old, they will be considered them dying as an infant, okay? So lifespans will be much longer. But the problem is, is that people getting born during the millennial reign of Christ, they're not born Christians, just like today. Nobody is born a Christian. Nobody is born a believer in Jesus. That is a personal decision that one must make on their own volition. That has to come out of their own choice, You're not born into the right family, okay? Nobody's, I don't care how cool and how great your parents were and your granddaddy was a pastor or whatever church, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're born a sinner. I'm born a sinner. Every person born during the thousand-year reign of Christ will be born a sinner. And so that sin has to be dealt with. So during a thousand years, as our world is getting repopulated and lifespans are, live, are much longer, you're going to have a ton of people on this planet, right? There's going to be a ton, a huge population. That very well could come into where you and I have active roles, ruling and reigning with Christ. If, if there's tons of people, population, maybe you're kind of like an ambassador to a certain region, right? You're representing Jesus to the people in the New Texas or whatever, maybe. I don't know if it's, of course it's going to be New Texas. Of course, right? Like, amen. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. But whatever, maybe you are assigned a specific region on this planet. Okay, think about that. Think about that. As my mind goes through, I'm like, oh man, that's kind of, All right, so the Lord knows my heart. Okay, check, good, because I don't want to get stuck somewhere 
for a thousand years. Like he's like, James, listen, um, you barely made it in. Your clothes are still smoking. Okay. So, uh, what we did is, uh, you get the short straw and you're going to go where it's frozen all at night. I don't know if that's going to, how it works at all. Probably doesn't work that way. Just being in his presence is going to be more than enough. Okay. I could spend a thousand years just at his feet. All right. That's going to be more than enough. But you get to rule and reign with Christ. So if the world is getting repopulated and it looks like a whole new world kind of a deal, maybe you're assigned a specific region and there's people that you're overseeing as, you know, you're kind of governing, so to speak, that area. I don't know. That's a common thought that's out there, though. That's kind of intriguing. I like that. I like that. If there's any way I can co-rule and reign with my wife, that would be even better, right? Like, she's a thousand years to me. She's going to be like, oh, look, okay, you stay on your side of the county, and I'm going to stay on my side of the county, whatever. I'll still be chasing her down. But that could be what it's like. Yeah, nobody can say dogmatic. What I do know how it's not going to be like is you're not going to walk through the pearly gates, and St. Peter's going to be there, and is going to hand you your harp, and your, you know, angel wings in your diaper or whatever and says, okay, your cloud is over there, right? Like, that's not it. That's not it. Whoever thought of that really has painted a, a horrible picture for a lot of people. Because some people think that that's what heaven is. That's not it. Ruling and reigning with Christ. If people are getting born during this time, then if they're born sinners, then they will have the opportunity to know Christ. So there could be a thousand-year reign, ruling and reign with Jesus, where you are sharing the gospel with people. Because the gospel is still effective, and it will still be needed. Now, there will be a time, new heaven and new earth, the gospel will be greatly appreciated. It will be central to our hearts. I'm sure of that. But at that point in time, there's no need for salvation, because everybody who's in is in. During the thousand-year reign of Christ, there are going to be people who need to hear the gospel. So maybe that's part of that ruling and reigning with Christ is we're just missionaries. We're just missionaries sharing the gospel with people because they still need to know about them. And the difficult thing about the millennial reign of Christ for an unsaved person is Jesus will be there. And you're like, well, how's that difficult? Well, because the cross is going to be something that it's distant for us. But he's not, I mean, physically with us right now. I mean, the Holy Spirit resides inside of us, and we have his word and all that stuff. But imagine there's a thousand-year reign, and then you're seeing Jesus like every day for a thousand years. Now, you'll see the scars because they're still going to be there. But we can understand after a thousand years, people seeing him, that story of the cross, like, well, I don't. So if you're putting yourself in people's shoes, and putting yourself there of like, okay, what would that be like if I was born during this millennial reign? And well, there's a guy that keeps telling me I'm supposed to follow. That guy died for me, but, but there he is. Like, I see some scars on his hands, but so you can understand there might be some difficulty. People aren't going to just automatically going to believe even if they see him. Even if they see him. We think that that's always better. Like, man, if I could have been around, you know, as one of his disciples, Like, when he was walking on planet, I would have followed him. Would you have? Would you? I don't know. I don't know. It's easy to speculate. I'm just glad I'm following him now, right? Like, I'm glad I'm in now. But for the people who are being born during this time, he'll be present. He'll be there. But they still have to make the decision. They still have to make the decision. 
So that might be part of where we come into play, telling people about Jesus for a thousand years. Good time to practice now. <laughs> but good time to practice is now. You're like, oh, I just have a hard time. Well, listen, this might be your job for a thousand years, okay? So get used to it. You've been listening to the radio ministry Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're based out of Galveston, Texas, with the support of Calvary Galveston and listeners like you. We trust that what you heard in today's message stirred something inside of you to a point of action. These teachings are meant to help you find hope and new life in Jesus, and that's our heart's desire for you today. If you're in the Galveston area, would you come be a part of what's happening at Calvary Galveston? Our atmosphere is simple, laid back, and uncomplicated. We just want to magnify Jesus at all ages. To learn more about our ministry, we invite you to visit breadforthebroken.com. We also do a live stream on Facebook, so check it out, even if you are a little further away. If you're interested in hearing more messages like this one, you can do that by going to the Listen tab at breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, why not discover a little more about the church and this ministry, as well as look for opportunities to partner with us here. There's a Give tab that's easily accessible on our website, too, if you feel led to support us in a financial way. We'd also love it if you would join us in praying for this ministry. Pastor James is excited to share new things with you in the coming study. There's always more that we can gain from diving deep into God's Word. Until next time, we encourage you to stay connected to God and His Word and to then come back for more solid teachings right here. We'll be waiting for you here on Bread for the Broken.